Microphone check, one, two, what is this? It's the five foot seven assassin in the podcast business. I am your host, Rohan Patra, the rap music plug at your service. Here we are again at the end of the There's a reason why people say that traveling and seeing the world is a good thing for people. It naturally expands your worldview and exposes you to different ways of living and thinking. In other words, it makes you flatly smarter and more interesting. And both of those things apply to today's guest, New York-based rapper Gabe Nandez. Gabe has spent much of his childhood and early adulthood living cross-continent, which has fueled his music with worldly perspectives and colorful multilingual elements as well. With one of the most rapper voice, rapper voices you'll ever hear, Gabe has delivered some of my favorite projects of 2023 in Pangea that dropped months ago, fully produced by the electric Tony Seltzer, and his latest album, HT3, fully produced by Argov, which just released today. Listen on to hear how he crafted these recent albums, as well as his inspiring story detailing how music quite literally saved his life. The Rap Music Plug podcast presented by QLC TV is the remedy to the I don't have anything good to listen to problem. Through in-depth artist interviews, album reviews, and general rap commentary on the best that the underground rap scene has to offer, this is your one-stop shop to knowing what to add to your queue, play next, or pop into your record player. Welcome to the show. Gabe Nandez, how you doing today? Yo, I'm good, G. How are you? I'm doing all right. Good weather. Can't complain here. So whereabouts are you at? You're in London? I'm in London, yeah. Chilling in, what's this neighborhood called? Finsbury Park, which is, is like North London, I think. I should know this, but no. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, you've been really, you definitely have quite the kind of childhood quite the multicultural experience because i know that you you kind of travel continent to continent given like your father's work he was a a un ambassador it really shows up in your music because you definitely have this like very distinct multicultural lens and just to start i guess could you give us a picture of where you lived as a child and kind of how those experiences were like generally yeah for sure um so i was born in new york uh white plains to be exact that's westchester county is right outside of new york uh, city so i lived there for a bit moved to palestine for three years so i was like a child i remember very little i was young i do have some memories but then we moved to port-au-prince haiti haiti then i did like primary school there so i remember like everything from that and then back to new york mostly in this place called New Rochelle, which is also in Westchester County, so outside of New York City. Um, And then after that, I went to school, university in Montreal, Canada, Mm -hmm. came back to New York, and I've been back in New York since 2016. What university did you go to in Montreal? Concordia University. Okay, nice, nice. Yeah. Shout out to Canada. Like, how how did all this exposure to... So many different kind of locales, cultures influence the actual music you make. Um, that's a good question, and the answer I think is like so layered. Because obviously, like you know, there are musical influences in terms of like 
that don't necessarily come out in my writing, but as far as like the music, I grew up around mad different music, like whether mm-hmm. it was boom music in Haiti, and my parents were always playing different shit at the crib. Like my mother's from Mali, West Africa. I grew up around a lot of music. But then I would say the main thing is just, yeah, just traveling really expands your uh, just conscious understanding and just relationship with people, I think, you know, and other people. And just if you're doing it right, it makes you a more understanding person, a more tolerant person. I would even say a better person because you're just a more well-rounded, you you just understand the possibilities more. You're not one-dimensional, you know, mm-hmm. you're just, well, you, I'll say me, I guess. So I, w- I would say the main thing is just, I don't know, it's just shaped my personality so much, you know what I mean? In ways that are so just like multifaceted and in turn, my mind is totally shaped by it, which influences my approach to writing. And then my voice in hip hop. It's kind of like goes without saying that this shaped you, the music you make, because it shaped you. It's yeah, like, exactly. It's not just like you went on one trip and you're like, you know, how did that trip in Bahamas like treat you? Like it was, <laughs> it's been like ingrained in you, which makes sense. I definitely feel like it's a trademark of your music though, because I, I think of, I put you in the category, roughly speaking, of just like artists, like, like a mock homie. Um, Billy Woods to an extent to where they they often bring such other non-North America specific or centric ideas. And yeah. I find that super interesting because I'm obviously spent my whole life in North America and Canada. I don't always kind of get exposed to those things, really. And it's uh, definitely makes you think. And I think you guys generally come and you specifically come forward with a perspective that's a little different whether it comes to ta- tackling like a variety of different topics like yeah, things that are not just western exactly exactly and that's i mean that's cool to hear that it, that it comes across you know because um yep yeah, facts those are those are both artists that i really have a lot of respect for and connect with because of that you know and obviously Incredible writers too. Yeah, giddy up, dark horse. Guess you about to fuck the city up. On the concourse, pull up all you want familiar. And all sorts, but you know I look familiar. With a strong force, dark horse, dark horse, dark horse. And I'm flying in a concord, rocking bronze shorts. Cavalier like LeBron sports on this long court. Catch a feeling for the wrong dork. Make the song work, dark horse. I be looking frosty, sipping on this coffee. Catch me making moves. Just to shake these niggas off me Bitch, I'm moving bossy Moving like a boss me volumen human You don't want to cross And you incorporate French into your songs a lot too I know you obviously are Your first language is actually French And you know, especially given the fact that I would imagine most of your listeners are from Like North America Particularly the states where French is not often spoken What compels you to include French so consistently in your music, given the fact they may not even really necessarily understand it firsthand. Yeah. Um, it's just so, it's such a big part of me that, you know, it has to, well, I guess it doesn't have to, but, um, I grew up on a lot of French rap too, as much as I grew up on us rap, because there's a lot of, 
after the U.S., I would say France is probably. I think I think this is this is like a thing that's I don't know if proven is the right term, but like the math is there that France consumes, you know, the most hip hop after the U.S. and stuff. They 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 follow really? suit. Yeah, that's super like, surprising. I would definitely think it's the U.K. Yeah, I think more because France, after like France, has similar demographics to like the U.S. in terms of like it's like it, in France they're immigrants and stuff like African, yeah, and immigrants. It kind of like matches the whole Latino and Black you know demographic in the U.S. Whereas in the U.K., outside of like London, there's like no fucking Black people. Like there's some in like Birmingham and they're, like there's some, but it's not like the the majority you know what i mean like the uk is still pretty white um mm -hmm. not that white people don't listen to hip-hop but <clears throat> i um and just like hip-hop's been a thing not that it hasn't in the uk i'm less well versed with like when hip-hop became a thing there i know grime is obviously a thing there i, I fuck with grime like heavy but hip-hop's been like popping in 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 um in France since the 90s, like pretty soon after the US. So there's this whole lineage of, of hip hop that dates back to like, you know, early, early shit. So, you know, I grew up on a lot of that. And um, yeah, just like, I'm really, you know, my art is so much uh, just an extension of myself that it's like, all the shit I live and all the, the shit I've been through and my, my you know, like, uh, life experience comes out so in turn that comes out and my homie uh zin koma who's like you know my best friend essentially um is francophone uh, and we grew up and you know learned how to kind of rap at the same time and shit so it's just like yeah it's just like me being me basically you know? is is it harder to rap in french with like the more complex verbs conjugation syllables anything like that I would say I'm way more comfortable rapping in English than in French, yeah. Um, but I also didn't full. I didn't go to school in French for my entire schooling. You know, I went to school in French up until high school, and then I went to school in English. So maybe that's why too. But I, I French is a more complex language than English. I would yeah. say anyway. So yeah, I, I would say so. Yeah. And so, given you know your unique childhood, moving around so much, I feel like you needed to probably as an assumption needed to be more used to than most children in terms of like being used to being alone maybe not having like this uh friend group that's you know been entrenched in the same city for you know tw two decades like a lot of people like me for example is that mm -hmm. like a correct assumption did you find like you ha you had to kind of spend more time and be more used to being more alone than most children yeah for sure definitely Definitely. In some cases, maybe a bit like when I was in school in, in Tanzania in high school, I was like, maybe a bit less so because it was an international school. So that ecosystem, you do have people coming in and out quite yeah. often. At first, I would, you know, it, it, when I moved back to the States for high school, yeah, I was like, fucking dolo. Like I was, I went back I went to American public school for the first time and the school had like 3000 kids. And just like you said, like these kids, these kids went to school since like nursery, you know? So I show up and I was like, 
I don't know anybody, you know? So that was a very lonely two years. I made I made really good friends, but then a bunch of shit happened. Like, niggas got kicked out and shit like that and, like, sat in places. So mm-hmm. it, was, it was lonely for sure, 100%. And, uh, yeah, just generally speaking, yeah, like, even in university, I don't know. Like, I used to do a bunch of, as I'm sure it's documented, but I used to... Um, I was in active drug addiction for a long time too. So that kind of like added. So like, I I have a solitary part of me. Like I live by myself. I need to mm-hmm. live by myself. Like I do need to be alone a lot, you know? Um, and I think, I think it's learned behavior from, from that. Definitely. I think it stems from that. A lot of it. Um, That's interesting. Yeah. yeah. And I, I find this notable because, you know, unlike other, a lot of rappers in the game right now, particularly in the underground, uh, they're you don't necessarily fit very snugly into some particular kind of wave or collective yeah. necessarily. You know, Gabe Nandez feels like a very singular artist. Like you're not trying to sound like anyone else. So is Appreciate like being it. unique or unlike any other artist something you pride yourself on? Definitely, man. Definitely, especially in hip hop. Well. Just generally, I think like, I think the mark of a true artist is singularity. Like, not that. I think on a level, like you can always be like, oh, he kind of sounds like you can hear my influences, but ultimately, like, yeah, like it's singular. And I think whether you're a fucking painter, or a director, or whatever, like I think the mark of a yeah, you know, I think it's not even arguable. Like the true, true, true artistry is. Um, singular like uh ultimately um so yeah yeah i do yeah and given your mostly kind of solo solo ventures as an artist i feel like it must have been pretty pretty cool to get a cosign from the likes of a billy woods when he enlisted you on literally definitely one of my favorite tracks off Ethiopia's uh sauvage how did that feel to get kind of that instead of being solo finally you get that that a pretty big look and a pretty big from a pretty big artist. Yeah, man, that's to this day one of the coolest things that's ever happened to me, man. You know, and like this, you know, you know, you know how it is sometimes with time too. Like, um, you know, there's the initial call, then there's the thing actually coming out. You know, and like you experience all these like levels of this of this event, and now it's been out, and I'm just like. It's so validating, man, because like, you know, I'm confident and I, I validate myself and stuff, but like Bill, like Woods is like, you know, I'm gonna be honest, man. There's not a lot of people in my life that I've, like, whether it's been personally or, or even as a, as an artist that I would say, like, quote unquote, look up to, you know what I mean? Because like that whole concept to me is like, I think one has to be, I have, I don't want to speak for anyone else, but like, you know it could be like because people are people at the end of the day right so mm-hmm. like you know, like whatever all that to say like i definitely very much look up to to woods as uh as an artist you know what i mean like he's he's and i've said this before <clears throat> he's one of the best to ever to ever he's one of the best writers in rap period any era and i'm ahead like i'm like I, i'm a, when i say i'm ahead i'm a hip-hop head like i mm-hmm. love this hip-hop like i study the shit and he's object like that's an objective thing so um yeah man even be it you know to, to be able to have rock to show with him was an honor you know right after right before the right after they dropped paraffin I, th- I guess they had just dropped it 
But for him to do that, I was like, and that's one of my favorite records too. And like, I love recent, that one, yeah. oh man, it's such a good record. So yeah, I mean, I could talk, I could go on about this for a while, for a while, but that was definitely, you know, shout out to Woods, man. I really have so much respect for him and uh, and Arm and Hammer. But uh, yeah, that's like a look, you know. Yeah, I I I think I saw in one of your previous interviews. You said he called him like apex predator of writing. Apex predator. He's no joke, man. I'm yeah. like, I'm like, he's saying shit, and I'm like, how the fuck does he, you know what I mean? I'm just like, and I think a lot of it is, you know, you know, like his worldliness. I'm not sure when he started writing. Well, I think that's. I think I remember hearing that he had written his first rhyme somewhere in Maine, and I think there might have been a year, but time with worldliness and he's a very intelligent person you combine all these things you get this like apex predator <laughs> you mm-hmm. know like it takes and just writing is such a holistic um thing and it's just like he's one of those guys where like uh you just tell he soaks things in and he's just super in tune and stuff which isn't the case with necessarily every every writer in, in hip-hop especially nowadays you know i mean in the underground in the quote-unquote underground maybe more so but in the general scope i mean i don't really subscribe to the whole underground thing necessarily but like yeah in the general scope i mean you know that's you know there's like few and far there's not there's not that much of that going on so so shout out to woods yeah mm-hmm. for sure you said something interesting as you were speaking before just now about how wherever possible you're definitely always making an attempt to validate yourself and not take the validation or depend on the validation from others to feel confident etc how do you how do you go about doing that yeah luckily i think i'm uh naturally not i think i am a naturally confident person a lot of it comes from how grounded I am in my purpose. I think if there's one thing that I've been blessed with the most in my life is knowing exactly what my purpose is at a very young age. Like at 11 years old, I was like, okay, music. You know what I mean? Like, I just like, I was like, okay, this is what I'm doing. And I think when one has that, there's a certain amount of like tranquility and confidence that, you know, where you're like, you've decided like, this is what the fuck I'm gonna do everything else just kind of falls out of place. So there's that. And I just work really hard at this thing that I do. And I've seen myself get better. And I just like, I just work on myself a lot. And I've been through things and I've overcome things. And it's just like, all these things combine at this point where I'm 30. I've kind of always been like that. But at this point where I'm 30, I'm definitely just just grounded. And the other thing about like, this isn't a foreign notion. I'm sure we've all heard this in a way, like just seeking things outside of yourself to like, bring yourself up or like make you feel good like me i'm careful with that because it's like when those things aren't there you know it kind of i guess it kind of ties in with being alone too i don't know like you know like some people have a hard time being alone you know because Mm -hmm. uh it's just you with your own thoughts and just yourself and yeah i suppose a lot of it might have come from that too just spending a lot of time kind of dolo or feeling alienated just alienated i just had to rely on myself for a lot of shit like my parents always provided for me so not like financially it's not like i was like on my own or no yeah. shit like that like that sense but just like psychologically and emotionally and stuff you know I, I love that being grounded in your purpose i think uh it's it's actually very 
relevant to what kind of has been on my mind recently for like based obviously from like a complete different perspective personal things i've been challenged with recently i've been thinking this idea that's similar related to like i feel like if you are not clear on like who you are and your and like what you value and what you don't it just causes this like consistent conflict and it's hard to be confident and like know when and acknowledge things that like hey okay i want to i'm this a weakness i want to work on it versus this is just something i'm not and i don't need to let that like bring me down like someone thinks this of me well it's not even who i am so it doesn't matter that's a hard thing to do if you aren't actually clear on your purpose and like who you are so it's really good that you've been able to have that at such a young age. Thousand percent. That was really well said. And that's exactly it. You know, I've observed it in people, you know, like I've observed what you said in, in people and like that, that came to that conclusion through seeing other people struggle with this thing that I've never really struggled with, you know, that I've, that it's never really been like, you know, that clarity has always been there. That's why I always say, I think that that's like the biggest the biggest blessing I've ever had is just having that because it's just centered. Yeah. And so you touched on it a little bit. Like what was the, what was that inspiration that got you to pursue rap, pursue music at such a young age? What got you into that? I saw like Jimi Hendrix and like Rage Against the Machine and like Nirvana. And I was like, dude, I want to play guitar. So I told my, I asked my parents, I'm like, yo, would you buy me a guitar? And they did. And they're like, you better play that shit. And I did. And they were like, oh, okay. He's really like serious. And that, that was my intro to music. Guitar is my intro to music uh, way before rap. I started writing at like 16, maybe. I wasn't even into hip hop at first. Like I come from a school of like, I guess like rock like that, but like, straight up metal like shit like metallica like you know uh even heavier stuff like um a lot of singles from heavier bands like cannibal corpse and just like various shit and hardcore too like bad brains minus red hip-hop came kind of last you know like when I, as i was leaving tanzania i started getting into hip-hop and when i moved back to to new york at 16 um for high school like i started getting you know, like Illmatic happened and, you know, all that shit. Uh, the the hip hop was the most important thing and guitar kind of took a back seat and it still kind of has in a way. I definitely spend more time writing than playing guitar, but like I can definitely play. Yeah. And I mean, I, I can imagine just like once you heard your, your very like trademark voice, I feel like that made it easy too. Cause you just got a, <laughs> you got a rapping voice. Like you got a rapper's voice. And I think you've heard that I'm sure many times. Yeah, for sure, man. I'm, I'm just like blessed as an understatement for all the things I have, but yeah, definitely. It's like clear cut that, um, you know, this is what I'm supposed to do. Oh yeah. Like my, I had, I mean, I've said this before too, but I got to shout him out. My big bro who, who passed when I was young, he rapped and like, when I like, we were very similar, but like, you know, I have like his old note, notebooks and some acapellas, an acapella, and you know what I mean? Like me, like I have my own belief system and stuff. And I just like, mm-hmm. when I saw it, I'm like, obviously <laughs> this is the thing to do. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, it's like, it's like, what else do you need? You know? So, so that was a big, that was a big catalyst too. Yeah. 
And and so you 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 mentioned it a bit earlier. Something I want to get into more depth too. Like you said, you know, so like one of the things I love about music personally is that it's very therapeutic. It can get you through a lot of life's challenges. And you kind of were touching on it before about this idea of like you know instead of self validation and like kind of getting that from within, people kind of depend on getting it through, getting happiness or getting some kind of distraction from other things. And I know with you. Uh, drug use was something that was, I'm sure, one of those things that you were using those vices to get you, you know, in that mind state. So how instrumental has making music been in helping you kind of stay sober and just generally healthy? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Definitely. That was a big part of it. <clears throat> and learned behavior started very young. So it's just like, you know, it's just, it was uh, such learned behavior. But music literally, bro, like literally the day I got sober and, you know, trying to get sober was like a year long thing, but the day I got sober. So August 31st, 2016, I was like, bro, like, is he going to, my, my now manager had told me, and for some reason his words stuck more with me than anybody else was trying to help. He's like, is it going to be music or is it going to be drugs? You know, because like, you're not getting both, you know? And then like that yeah. day clicked and I was just like, you know, I was totally, you know, on the floor of my apartment, you know, just like, just fucked. And, and, and my ego, which people always like, kind of just not like often I hear people discard the ego as like this negative thing. It's like, you know, it's like, oh, you're sad. Cause I think the dictionary defines it as literally your sense of self-importance. And it's like, that shit is important. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like at the end of the day, my ego was like, bro, you're going to go out like this, like skinny, like, you know, you haven't eaten in like fucking four days. You're like, your life is a disaster. Are you going to do this? Or are you going to rap? So music literally saved my life. Like literally no stretch of the imagination saved my life. So, um, you know, even an active drug addiction, I'm, I'm, I'm fortunate that like you see a lot of addicts in the street and stuff. And, you know, when you're an active drug addict, drugs are the most important thing. They're more important than people. And they were more important than music in my case. But now that I'm, you know, you know, over them and what is drugs really like, I don't know. I drink caffeine and smoke nicotine from, you know, from, uh, from time to time. But as far as, you know, uh, narcotics, I'm off of them. But yeah, like, you know, if it wasn't for art and then if you take it a step further, if it wasn't for the sense of purpose that I have that we all have to find. And then I think that's what separates me from like the guy you see on the street just tweaking on fucking whatever he's tweaking on and he's like a fucking ghoul like a zombie just because he or she because deep down that purpose isn't there and drugs mm -hmm. just like really takes over so I, you know like i can say for me it literally no no stretch in the imagination people say hip-hop saved my life it really like wow. shit. Yeah. yeah i mean i feel like with a lot of people who not just drugs but just go down really bad paths it's because they don't have any real direction those are the people yeah. that are the easiest to manipulate. Those are the people that do the worst things in the world, that get manipulated, propaganda works on them. It's, it's, it's all related. Yeah, 100%. Uh-huh, transaction. In the New York minute, shit happens. Underworld cabins. A lot of the smartest niggas I met, they was trapping. Uh-huh, cash happens. 
prostitutes and credit card scammers Spent a lot of loot, protected feet in my habits When I was a youth and didn't know what a man is I remember one time I was buzzing Steadily ducking the one time I was bugging Heroin lunchtime in the oven Ounce of coke on the table, my nigga had a onion and you know, like your last album that you just dropped earlier this year that precedes the one we're going to get into at the end of this conversation, Pangea. I really fucking love this record. I think no. the, the <laughs> ebb and flow, the energy, booming bass, you know, some bangers and then also some like quieter joints like on that, uh, that track Trust. Love that song. Um, I think you showcased no. a lot of different styles. Like I think the variety was something I... I really picked up on and the one of the ways that that was supplied was through like working with one of the hottest producers in the game Tony Seltzer um I've become such a big fan of his um talk to me about what you love the most about working with him and just like what do you love the most about a Tony Seltzer beat yeah shout out to Tony man I guess the main thing is that like I've known Tony since college you know like I me and Tony worked together when he used to go by Young Gutted and this is like 22, this is like 2013, this is like 2014, man, you know? So I've known, I've known him, that's my fucking homie. And he's just like such a good dude. He's hilarious. And obviously he's extremely fucking talented. So that's number one, you know, I can get in the studio with Tony and, you know, like, oh, can't, you know, I don't like this. Oh, that's dope. Like, you know, that conversation is like, easy to have because we're, we're friends mm-hmm. that's really important when creating not that i have an issue being honest and straightforward with someone i don't know as well but like if when you know the person it's it's um it's much easier and tony he can do fucking anything so it's like yeah for him to know what i like and you know the school i come from yeah but tony's drums like his drum pack and like his bass as you know, the more you listen to him, that's like you can tell when it's Tony. You're like, yeah, that's Tony Seltzer beat. So, so I just like the fact that he has like a super, super, super trademark sound because there's a lot of the same production going on in rap. Like, there's a lot of like, you know, in any in any lane, whether it's the like <clears throat> sampled like dusty shit lane or it's like that lane or like the future lane. It's like yo, shit be sounding the same, <laughs> you know. So it's an honor to be to to work with a guy like Tony who kind of like. I, I was able to kind of like bet, you know, like, I don't know. Tony is just, um, that project to me sonically is really special because you could tell it's like collaborative, like, um, in the, in the Sonics and the mm-hmm. beat to me, you know what I mean? It's like, it's like, it's really like Gabe and Tony, like, you know, I don't know. Like the collaborative spirit is not just like, beats and raps it's like because you know that 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 term of production like i produce like all of my records like you know in the sense that like i'm super hands-on with with everything like from a musical background as a guitarist i don't i very some of the beats was like yo i think you're gonna like this beat and that was it and he just gave it to me and i rapped on it but yeah yeah like it's it's you know i know i'm kind of rambling but like we we both really came together for the beats too i think it definitely shows like a mutual respect that like allowed you guys to collaborate so fruitfully and he's got one of the best producer tags like that that's just also a fact like just fire you you hear that shit and you just know the beats about that knock yeah 100 100 you you've talked about also this like uh about this record pangea 
and the title of it being, you know, a way of connecting it to this idea of collective unconscious and something that particularly you feel we experienced throughout the pandemic. I found this fascinating because I, once I kind of read that, I couldn't agree more. Just that idea of, for some reason, this the reason being the pandemic, most of the world kind of just experienced life in a very, like, and experienced a lot of like the same kind of information being given to you at the same time and had the same experiences because we were mostly relying on, you know, social media or art and entertainment that was being pumped through our phones and TVs and versus before where people could have a little bit more of a variety in their life. It was just a, it's such a weird time in history that I hopefully will will not have again personally. Um, (laughs) But uh, how did grasping with this concept inspire the making of this album or like how you approached it or anything along those lines? Yeah. Again, exactly. It's crazy. It's like that hive mind the first time. And I don't know, I think the first time maybe ever that that's ever happened. So it, very significant event um man i'm trying to remember if the title itself came about before the pandemic and i can't for the life of me remember but what did happen before like i think it did happen before because the idea it was pangea in a sense that i was it's the most feature heavy project i have and pangea before the pandemic started was already in motion and that it was kind of like that con the idea was kind of lending itself to like the concept of bringing people together in that sense mm-hmm. you know features and it's funny how shit happens you know like the, the pandemic happened and um you know although although the lyricism itself doesn't necessarily hit that on the nose the energy of it is there you know at least for me you know like for me to like because i just know where i was at when i made it like um so much so many emotions and so much high energy so many high highs and low lows and just um yeah even just the mechanics of getting this project together with like studios being closed and stuff um that 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 concept and also it just ties into kind of like what I was saying at the beginning with just like, uh, you know, as far as like traveling and stuff and just being in different places, it kind of just lends itself to just, because as I've, as I've traveled and I think what the pandemic taught us is like, not taught us, but put into the forefront is like, we have so many more things in common that we don't as people, like, you know, from wherever the fuck we are, like so mm-hmm. many things, you know, bring us together, then separate us. That was a weird sentence, but and that, that's the thing, Pangea too is kind of like a nod to just my life experience too, as far as the title or even the like artwork of just uh, globalization. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, no, that's cool. I think it kind of like the pandemic kind of added a layer to it naturally, which I don't even think was obviously not planned. I hope you didn't plan yeah. it. That'd be fucked up yeah. if you planned the pandemic. That'd be bad just to make your album that's sound a little more relevant. <laughs> if I could do shit like that, man. <laughs> I probably use my powers for evil. Nah, I'm kidding. Yeah. But shit uh, always falls into place, kind of in weird ways, in my experience. Okay, let's get into this new album now. I want to start by asking, like, I know I understand this is a sequel to your first album from, I believe, 2014. What was yeah. the significance of wanting to make a sequel 
to that specific record as this latest one? So the main thing was were the Sonics. I haven't rapped on this kind of production for a fucking while. Just like the for lack of a better term, boom bap, that fucking term makes me laugh. It's so played out. <laughs> but like it's so played out to me. But just like samples and you know, Argov, shout out to Argov, like huge shout out to Argov. Um some of the first few beats he sent me, uh, and he sent me so many. You know, they, they have this like mystical kind of like uh, just chamber to them. And it just reminded me of that record that I was working on it. And um, that was the first thing. Then I had the, that actually already had the the album art. And it kind of just, I had a day where like it all fell together. I was working on the music and I was like, wait a second. And I went to see his drawing and I was going through a lot at that time and she was just flowing and it just reminded me of the state of mind i was in when i made that record you know but mostly the sonics mostly this 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 son this lame then this bag that i'm back in actually for the next few records of just like you know and this bag that a lot of people are on in the quote-unquote underground because like you said like uh well, like we were saying before like i don't really have a lane necessarily mm -hmm. like very much like yeah, like it's just very much its own thing. Like it's not really placeable too much. Same with like my Grow VP or even like Diplomacy, my first full like, like it's just kind of things are all over the place, not in a, not in a bad way, but this is just more straightforward. It's it's definitely like a more artistic choice, like this record and yeah. the following ones Abe is rapping on. Again, for lack of a better term, boom bad shit. You know what I mean? And what inspired you to connect with Argov specifically to kind of supply that sound for you? He hit me like I was wrapping up the project before that. And he hit me. He sent me some joints and I was like, yo, these fire. I'm working on some shit right now. I'll get back to you. And then I was done working on all the shit I was working on. For Candice Cascus, I believe I was working on that, wrapping that up. And yeah, I was just going through my computer one day, going through shit people had sent me. And I was like, oh yeah, Argov had sent me some shit. And um, I just clicked, you know? I sent him like two or three joints, and I was like, yo, this is what I'm trying to do. And he was like, let's do it. For sure, he was down. Yeah, I think the the blend of soulful sampling, the drums, I just think the grooves are sick, and the there's so much ear candy. I love some of the sample choices you chose. And it does have that esoteric vibe, too, kind of like, mystical but also kind of pretty bright at times too on this album definitely and like you said esoteric that was like yeah that just took me back to that record because it was just like this is the bag i was in and yeah argov is his ear for samples is like he's special he's a, he's really 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 special producer he's a great guy too and uh, yeah yeah and you you had said in a previous interview with the, with I think Passion Weiss that uh, you said like when you're rapping on drumless or boom bap shit without the 808s, the lyrics are deeper. And you yeah. said you were going to go on some Philosopher King shit on these next joints. So I think this is one of the next joints. And I can definitely hear a bit of a different layer being peeled back on, on, on HT2. Talk to me what those kind of Philosopher King type ideas that you were trying to put forward on this album in the lyrics. The first record is named after this ancient seer that is prepared, you know, like accredited with like the invention of alchemy. Um, Hermes, Trismegistus, I believe I'm pronouncing that right. That's what HT stands for, which actually comes from the 
Egyptian god Thoth uh, with like the head of an ibis. You might have seen him. It might have seen him. It's like a god with a, uh, it's like a bird. He has like a bird head. Hmm. The scribe of the god, like the patron, the patron saint of the arts, basically, who's been like repurposed in Roman and Greek mythology and cross culturally. There's always one of these gods. Anyways, he, there's this book, this work called the Corpus Hermeticum, which I was geeking out on in my room HD and that's why i named it that <laughs> and um yeah i draw a lot of influence from like old uh, occult just philosophy just texts and art so when i'm on certain production that shines through more than on more like dancey shit like since like a tony b like because i just don't think it's the place for that right so mm -hmm. it's like when this shit when more spacey like I guess minimal, less busy, less like, uh, you know, there's just more like room, more room for vocals to do things. It just naturally does that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love the, just the clarity of your ideas a lot, uh, a lot here, especially like, I think a favorite part of mine was those, I don't know if it was the last verse, I think it was still kind of just a long verse, but the last set of bars on uh, Wolfpack 7000. Uh, I thought that was especially captivating. I feel like you said a lot of things that I, I feel like I really needed to hear in this particular moment. So I really think that was a standout. That's what's up. I'm glad to hear that. Yeah, that's definitely one of my favorite joints on that. Yeah. Yeah. And I just love generally how multidimensional the record is. Like you, you're introspective for sure, but you also just kind of like dazzle with like lyrical, your lyrical style. You have some food for thought. You also got some romance focused tracks. I think something we talked about offline here. Um, like yeah. Cortado, I think that's like one of my favorites. Just really, just I just love the beat. The lyrics were pretty damn romantic. It was uh, it was nice, man. Really nice track. Yeah, thanks, man. That's one of the first ones I wrote. Yeah, I got my heart broke, fucking bad, bro, during this record. And you know, it's it's, it's like I guess it's showcased in a section of it, like two songs, but. The, the like aftermath of that inspired the whole record actually too in terms of like the catharsis that comes from writing like it was it was almost never clear to me just how therapeutic this shit is to me you know because it's like without writing during that like heartbreak i went through i would have been in a bad spot but she was just flowing man I, I was writing these songs like it was fucking nothing like i like it was too easy i was just like this is fucking a piece of cake but um yeah um yeah yeah no i'm really happy with the record it has variety to it um yeah i think i imagine then that breakup like the it kind of puts you in a, a headspace naturally where most people are very reflective and kind of like examining and taking soul searching all those those words but i can hear that 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 makes sense that it pushed you to in this direction for sure yeah you said it that's that's definitely what happens after shit like that love is a motherfucker <laughs> love is no joke love is the greatest force and when it decides to just flip you on its ass it's like people jump off the buildings man as, as you know you know, like you can really 360 your whole shit. So, uh, yeah. Do you, do you feel like this is the, because I, I would say this is probably a pretty complete representation of like the versatility of your artistry. Like, would you agree that this this record's like the, the best encapsulation encapsulation of that so far? 
I would agree just because of the chronology of everything, you know, just like my homie told me this and I didn't even kind of realize it, you know, like using the thematics of the first one, however, I'm bad at mental math, but like, you know, from 2014 to 2023, kind of coming back, it's like I did this full circle. I came back to my roots in a way and in between 2014 to then, there's been so much more, uh, there's been so much experimenting and variety and from... I, I would agree because it's just, it's a statement of, and I'm back, like I said, I'm back in this bag for the foreseeable future just because it makes sense for me and I'm just comfortable and, it, and it's fun. Mm-hmm. Not that it's all about having fun, but like, I don't know, it just feels right. But yeah, if we, if we go forwards from my first joint or backwards from this one, yeah, I would say it's pretty strong testament to the versatility. Yeah. And so before we wrap up, like, just want to give you a chance to, you know, spotlight any upcoming current projects, merch, tour dates, anything you want to shout out. Yeah. So there's a deluxe version of this record that I'm so fucking hype on because it's 20 songs. Mm. And, uh, you know, because I cut a bunch of songs. Argos sent me so much shit and I wrote so much, um, you know, so some new features and stuff that's going to come out like early November or something. Mm. And then... I'm working with this producer, Wino Willie. You might, you might know him. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We got a record together. So that's going to come out nice. next. And then I got another record after that with the top secret producer, but uh, I'm, I'm, I'm really excited. I like when that's announced, I think motherfuckers are going to be like, what? Definitely like the, you know, quote unquote biggest thing I've done so far. So I'm, you know, very hype on that. So that should be out next year too. Nice. What's the, Okay, yeah, I, I'm trying to think <laughs> of who that is. Um, what, what was all, the man. what was the Wino Willie timing of that record supposed to drop? I'm not too sure. It's like done basically, but like, yeah, like early next year, like early okay. next year, yeah, for sure. Okay, yeah. and then otherwise, the album we just talked about drops the day this episode drops, where everybody will hear it, September 20th. Can't wait for people to hear this album. I love it. I love it so far. And I appreciate you just sharing part of your story and how you approach your craft. I think you're doing things the right way. And I, I just really wishing you all the best. I appreciate that, man. Thanks for, you know, for the opportunity for the platform. I really, you know, I really rock with what you do. You know what I mean? Like uh, big respects and, uh, you know, in this, in this, in this ecosystem, definitely doing your thing the right way as well. <laughs> mm-hmm. Thank you, man. That means a lot. That means a lot. 100%. Yeah. All right, man. Enjoy the rest of your time in London. Peace out. Yeah, sounds good. And uh, catch you soon. Yeah. All right, peace. Later. Later. I'm a landman for the county. Double espresso and Philip Morris is on the desk. She like Pacheco, I want a crescendo up her dress. Dress shirt on me fitting like I ain't trying to rob. Back in my hand, I'm only spitting after my nine to five. Touchdown in the hilly city, built like a snail. Round and round, I got dizzy, she hit me like a Dale. Drowning, morphine fountains, all by myself. All that I think about is silence. I think about you often, it's tricky, I can't describe it. I give you all my heart, both my kidneys are sacrifices. I'm falling for you hard, are you hearing me be my highness? I'm crawling on the floor for your symmetry and I'm vomit So there we have it, another episode of the Rap Music Plug podcast presented by QLC TV. I hope this episode gave you some new perspectives and insights into what the greatest art form known to man in hip-hop music has to offer. 
you want to support the show in the most meaningful way possible, it would be my absolute honor to have you as a patron in the new Rap Music Plug podcast Patreon. Through this Patreon, you will be getting exclusive content such as bonus episodes, exclusive album recommendations, exclusive playlists, early access to episodes, and more. And above all though, you will be able to support the show directly in a way that will not only justify the crazy amount of time I spend on this show already, but allow me to cover some of the expenses related to supporting all of these great artists that we cover on the show through the website and will allow us to sustain and build on this amazing growth that the RMPP has experienced recently. So if you have any questions about any of the Patreon stuff or just want to keep tabs on the show, interact with me on rap music and all the great stuff that we can talk about, follow me on Twitter and Instagram at rapmusicplugpod or shoot me an email at qlctv.podcast at gmail.com. You can also rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts and subscribe on YouTube and Spotify as well. But that's enough self-promotion for this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Peace. Peace.